0: Like, are you a fist pumper, a woo a hand clapper, a high-fiver? I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile,
1: i and Boxing Social in association with William Hill and Empire Fight Store. Delighted to be joined by Eddie Hearn. We're here at Matchroom HQ down in Brentwood. Had the pleasure of interviewing you outside, I think, in that blazing heat for fight camp, but in the office today, how's things? Yeah, good. We've got the, the barbecue for September 30th and just thought I'd do a few uh,
2: interviews in here before we melt outside <laughs> and uh, looking forward to a big show September 30th and, and next week in Tijuana, is the start of a run one weekend off till December, probably 23rd. So, you know, trying to take a few breaths before we hit the plane and uh, start a really busy, busy schedule.
1: It is a hectic schedule. I just want to come on to that. I saw in a recent interview you did with Coogan, you always talked about not being in the game too long and retiring at a certain age, but you said you think you'd probably go on past 50. And if you, Do you worry you know, when you see boxers and fighters that can't leave this game alone? Mm. Is this going to be a problem for you? Yeah, I thought to myself
2: the other day, when we um, was at the Lynn Um, helping them reopen that gave me a great feeling and not just while we were there but the whole day and the following day and just nice to have some positivity in the sport and I think it made me realise that I will never leave boxing you know I, I will always I think my legacy as a promoter is one thing but I would love to create a legacy that actually left a mark for the grassroots of the game because that's where my true passion lies I love doing big events. I love seeing fighters achieve. I love making money. But nothing really makes me feel like seeing kids be active through boxing and enjoying themselves and having dreams and you know loving the sport. And it doesn't matter if I'm at Brentwood ABC with my daughter or at the Lynn or at you know, Adcox in, in Birmingham or wherever we go. It, it really makes me feel good. And anything that makes you feel good, you should try and do as much as possible. The boxing business gives me unbelievable highs, gives me a lot of aggravation, winds me up, sometimes makes me angry, sometimes makes me, you know, sometimes it, it, it gets personal. Um, but when you think about it, how lucky are we all are that, you know, one, we're even here breathing, and secondly, we're working in the sport of boxing. I won't be in the boxing business forever, but I will tell you that having had three weeks of no shows, I cannot wait to start this schedule. I'm more hungry than ever for the business. I'm more hungry than ever for the sport. I'm more hungry than ever for our fighters. And whilst I feel like that, I'll always keep going. But I just sometimes look at that older generation. And I admire them, Frank and Bob. But I really do admire them. But I just don't know whether I want to live my life like that forever. Because it can piss you off and it can make you angry and it can get you depressed and it can... All those things... But the upsides are fantastic, and as you get a little bit older, you just, like I had a kid in here today who's eighteen, turning pro with his dad, and you know, I had Jimmy Sainz in here the other day with his dad, who I grew up with, and it's like those kind of journeys are what I really enjoy. Um, the high end stuff, the bullshit, the politics, that you know, the interviews, he said, she said, and obviously the drug tests and all that kind of stuff.
1: It takes away from the fun, but it's part of the business and the sport, and it's all stuff you have to deal with. Well, you mentioned, obviously, the schedule coming up just at the start of that. Um, last night, so, Oshak oh, Foster, Rocky Hernandez mm-hmm. announced um, in Cancun a great fight. Is a plan for that, obviously, winner fight Joe Cardino, um, providing he gets past his test. I believe I've heard rumblings out in Monaco.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Joe will fight in Monaco on November 4th. time this comes out, we would have actually released that, that card. Um, he'll fight Edward Vasquez, who, you know, fought Ray Ford, and that fight could have gone either way. He's had a couple of big wins since. A good fight for Joe. Oshaki Foster against Rocky Hernandez is a great fight. And we're taking it to Cancun in Mexico. It's going to be wild. We want the winner of that fight to fight Joe Cordina, outdoors in Cardiff in the spring. And obviously Joe's got to win first, but that's a really good fight for the schedule. And uh, we want to start making those big unification fights for Joe. We feel like he's the best in the division. But that fight is is a firecracker, October 28th.
1: Yeah, it's an absolute banger um, I want to come on to some comments you made a couple of months ago When you talk about Anthony joshua you've always said Look, this fight with Deontay Wilder's well, locked in for December Now, things change all the time We're seeing it with the Saudi movement Can you just give a bit of an update on that As to why that's not locked in Why we don't have a date announced for December
2: Yeah, I mean, we agreed terms Firstly, the fight was originally planned for December And then we were told the fight's going to take place in January We agreed terms We agreed the numbers um, For that fight we awaited the contract, which obviously didn't come. There was a down tools moment when we took the fight in August, where everyone said, "Look, let's talk after the fight." And obviously, you see a, a change in movement in Saudi Arabia with, you know, Skills Challenge and other entities and stuff like that. So, um, from our point of view, having spoken to Shelley Finkel and Deontay Wilder, we're all agreed with with Saudi Arabia. But until they move forward contractually, the fight's not happening. Um, It's a lot of money, so we expect it to take its time. But we also wait for, effectively, the new strategy of boxing in Saudi Arabia. You know, When you look at the fights, do they want to make Fury Usyk and Wilder Joshua on the same night? Do they just want to make Wilder Joshua? Do they want to see what happens with Fury? Do they want to make Fury Joshua? I don't know. But from our side, everything's agreed. But until we have that confirmation, we can't move forward. And there will come a time in the next couple of weeks where AJ will say, I want to fight. And he may end up fighting in December. And he may end up fighting Tyson Fury in January, February, March, whenever it is. I, at this point, I can't really give you the answers other than we're all agreed from our side, both fighters.
1: So basically, the ball's in their court. Because Absolutely. with a lot of the punditry and people we were talking about Anthony Joshua's last performance, it was a feeling that maybe he isn't ready for a wilder next. But from your point of view, no, it's a case of we're ready to do that next. Yeah, I feel like if he's not ready now, he may never be
2: ready. You know, he's a two-time world heavyweight champion. He's fought everybody. He's ready for... You're going to see the best of AJ against the best, better opposition. Um, but I don't want it to just be a balls in your court. But ultimately, we have agreed the fight. But there is a change in movement over there. And I guess we need to let that settle. But we can't wait
1: too long before we pull the trigger because he wants to stay active and he's enjoying the activity. Will we see an Andy Ruiz trilogy or someone of that nature? Because after an Usyk or um, a a Tyson Fury, where do you sort of go to? Are you looking at a... a, Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good point.
2: Is there a Ruiz trilogy? Maybe. Is it a Philip Hergovic? You know, is it a Zile Zhang if he beats Joe Joyce? Or Joe... I I don't know. Certainly needs to be a step up from Hellenius. Um, But AJ's kind of like... The the money's not the be-all and end-all. It's... Excuse me. it's more the activity and the enjoyment of being in camp and fighting. But you will see the best of AJ against a better opposition. I
1: want to come on to some comments yesterday made by Tyson Fury. You've often alluded to the fact that one day he says he fights for free, the next minute he wants the most money. Mm-hmm. Well, yesterday he sort of I think, sort of nailed his clothes to the mast in a way. I saw him interview with Sky Sports and he basically said, look, I didn't come back here to secure this, that and the other. It was to... Provide a future for my kids, my grandkids. Um, I've got regained a belt, you know, and now I'm securing a bag. Mm. You've always alluded to that. That Tyson Fury is very money orientated. Do you believe, with them comments, a fight with Alexander Usyk will happen at some point, providing all goes to plan? Everything's going to come down to what it means to him to secure
2: a legacy as a great. I feel like every fighter should want to be undisputed. Like that. Why? When you start the game, you know, I had a kid in here, like I said to you the other day, all he wants to do is be undisputed. Every kid that's, that turns pro wants to win every belt, wants to be undisputed. And Fury is a favourite to be able to do it. It's not like, you know, he's a favourite in the Usyk fight. It's a tough fight, but, but he also, I saw comments from him that says he couldn't care less about Undisputed. And that's each to their own. You've always said that. In yeah, praise. but if, if that's the truth, And you don't want to go down as the great... Like, if he beats Usyk and AJ, he is an absolute modern-day great. Like, he's up there with Lennox Lewis, you know, Tyson. I I hate comparing to Muhammad Ali, but, you know, of that level, right? But sometimes that doesn't matter to people. So you can't criticise him because something doesn't matter to him that matters to someone else. For boxing, we just want him to fight the best fights in boxing. I say that as a fan. It's no business of mine. But I also understand, look, he's fighting Nganu, It's a big event. He's making a load of money in a, against a guy who can't fight. I don't, I don't blame it. But I just, I don't like the, you know, I'm not fighting Uzi. Uzi, he got knocked out by Dubois. AJ's a gym sweeper. I'm never fighting him. I only want the big boys. Well, who's the big boys? I don't understand. Is there anyone else that we're, we're missing? Unless it's just exhibitions that you're after but I hope and I've been around Tyson Fury enough to know how much he loves boxing and he's a student of the game I hope he puts a value Mm -hmm. on being a great and in that respect we'll want to fight um, Usyk and we'll want to fight AJ as well and I wouldn't be like the biggest fight out there financially for Fury is fury AJ. so therefore if it is just about the money we'll make that fight next or do you care about Undisputed, or don't, because there's not as much money in the Usyk fight, and he may view that as a tougher fight. I just don't. You never know with him, but you know, I think that each to their own. If he cares about legacy, if he cares about being a great, he'll take those fights. If he just cares about the money, whoever pays the
1: most. He's in. You talk about being a great. In his defence, he will say, "Well, I've won every belt in boxing from the ground up. I've not had the tag of undisputed, but I left the sport with all the belts. I came back won the other belt I never mm-hmm. had." He's Who does he have to beat? Because when yeah, you stack be, up the rest of it, to be a
2: modern day great, you have to beat all the elite fighters in your in your of your era. Is AJ a modern day great? Absolutely. I'm not saying you know whether he's a modern day great or not. You cannot say he's not an elite heavyweight. Oh, he's nice. a two time world champion. Like if you want to be, if you beat Wilder. If you beat Klitschko, if you beat Usyk, and you beat AJ, you are absolutely unquestionably the greatest fighter of this era. Mm-hmm. And he may be. I think he's a brilliant fighter, right? So, but at the same time, you can't... You know, I, everyone thinks... I, look at... If both Fury's, Fury's stop now. Look at his resume, right? And who he's beaten. The two big wins in his, in his career, Vladimir Klitschko and Deontay Wilder. Yeah. Beyond that, he hasn't really beaten any elite, heavyweights right now you might say and i'm not even comparing him to aj forget forget comparing him to aj we're just talking about if he's already done it if he's already a modern day great i don't feel that with his resume he can go down as a modern day great of the generations of you know you're going to talk about in the same breath as the others he has the ability to do it that's the frustrating thing so all he has to do is fight Usyk, and listen if he fights Usyk and doesn't fight aj He's become undisputed. That's could go down as, but I just feel like if he goes through everybody in the, in that division, he got like imagine beating Vladimir Klitschko, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, Alexander Usyk. Yeah. that's it. You've completed it, and I just, I, I, I just, and it's not like the money shit for those fights. The money's massive. So I don't know. But again, I've watched you know. I hate to keep plugging it, but I've watched um, Home of the Furies. It's, got it. it's really good. And it's, you know. I think the whole family is actually very likeable. And sometimes he said this and she said that, but you can't help like him. I just, I love sport and I love to see greats. And I just think he could be a great. You know, he's a favourite to beat Usyk and he's a favourite to beat AJ. And if there's masses of money, which there is, dust them off. And then go, I've done it. But it doesn't work like that for everybody. Not everybody is bothered about being a great or being undisputed. And maybe he's not. So, And you can't blame him for that. That's just... But I don't, I'm not so sure. I think he is. I think, like I said, he's a student of the
1: game. I think he wants to be a great. Whether he says he does or not, I think he, he wants to be. And he's a brilliant fighter. Well, let's see how it pans out. There's some big fights in the offing. Hopefully, if he does... Touch would get past Engano, yeah, yeah, and then right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we all do. Um, I've got to come on to these comments. I know everyone seems to do this back and forth mm. nonsense, but I've got. To, I want to address some because It was an interview that um, I think Lewis did with Frank Warren. Frank Warren said, "Conor, in relation to this Vardy carry on." Connor Ben's second test that he tested positive for, there's never been a hearing and if you're a big advocate of drug-free sport, why hasn't there been a hearing or is it more bullshit that you've put out there to smother the fact that your fighter has never appeared before a governing body regarding to explaining how this got into his system? What do you make of these comments? Okay,
2: well, firstly, drug-free sport weren't even involved in this process so I don't know what he's talking about there. Secondly, um, the WBC had a hearing for him. Obviously, the first test was WBC, Clean Boxing Programme. They did actually addressed two of the, the tests in that it was discussed granted the WBC were handling their test then he was asked to go before UCAD which he did he won the case and now they're appealing so you can't say he's not going through any process at all and he's not looking to get out of dealing with any single process again some people try and talk about that stuff rather than saying but can we just talk about your fights for a minute why aren't you testing I mean he's very lucky that he has a fight coming up Joe Joyce against Zile Zhang, that Joyce requested Varda testing, that he's had to do. But every other Frank Warren show, like 99% of them, don't have Varda testing and don't have any testing. You know, Balutu is a great example. And again, I, I hate to single him out because I'm sure he's a clean fighter. He wasn't tested for that fight, in the process of that fight. That's dangerous for your fighters. You should be protecting your fighters. So, yeah, I mean, he's still talking about Conor Ben a year and a half on. But um, ultimately... I just hope that promoters now will follow suit and test. I think there is a big problem. One of the problems is making sure there is testing. We're overcoming that problem. You know, we've got every fight that we're doing now has VADA testing. costing us an absolute fortune, is what it is. The The other problem is what happens when there's an adverse finding. Not even jurisdiction, but just the process of who deals with what, right? So it's like... UCAD who are very slow, who are under-resourced and this is the other thing everybody admits that UK are under-resourced and they don't test anywhere near enough it's not their fault by the way because that's what the board pay them yet everyone's now going oh no UCAD's great like you know, Simon Jordan don't need VADA, UCAD's great I'm being told that Chris Eubank Jr. got tested once in camp and that was two days before the fight that's absolutely scandalous so you can't say that's enough because you want testing don't you but what you also want is when a fighter has an adverse finding, that, you know, Joker Cusimano the other day, that was a, a New York State Athletic Commission test. They wrote to us and they said, we've had an adverse finding, there's a hearing on set date, these are the things that could happen, we'll let you know. I thought, wow, finally. But you've got to have the balls to pick that up and deal with a disciplinary matter. Some people are scared because fighters' teams can be litigious and they want, you know, but they have to fight for their career. So yeah, I'm Frank's comment. Drug-free sport weren't involved in Conor Ben. Saying if
1: you want a drug-free sport, I don't think it was. wasn't. was referring yeah. to it if you
2: want a drug-free sport. Yeah, if you yeah. want a drug-free sport, you need to increase testing. and You need to actually pay for it. So do it. But at the same time, you do need a process to follow. Conor Ben is is going through all the processes that are being asked of him. It's not his fault that the process isn't a process that Frank Warren likes. These are the processes that are in boxing that he's been asked to go through. He's been through all of those. He's been reinstated in the rankings. He's had his suspension lifted. Now there's another appeal. He's got to go through that process. So when he wins that appeal, there'll be someone else still moaning. So there is definitely a problem of dealing with an adverse finding. But let's just
1: make sure we're testing fighters. Because that's the first step to overcome. In terms of... His next move. I spoke to Connor after the Eubank fight and he said, Look, I'll fight him next. I know I'm supposed to do those talks of a September date in America, but he goes, I'll fight him next, 160, whatever. Talks with Calla Sourland, how advanced are they? What's going on and how quickly are we going to get the ball rolling? Because he's still got answers for them, this appeal to us. Yeah, so we spoke to, we had a meeting with Calla two days ago. He wants the fight. Eubank wants
2: the fight. Ben wants the fight. We want the fight. And I'm sure that fight will happen. Where it will happen, we need to get to the bottom of. Um, look, Connor's ready to go into that fight now. He's been sparring like an absolute animal, and he wants to fight Eubank straight off the bat, no warm up fight. I think Tony Sims would see a benefit to. Yeah, he hasn't boxed for over a year and a half. Connor, you know. a Yeah, and that could be in Orlando, but time is is closing in. But I'm very confident we see Eubank Ben in December. Um, we've had a couple of offers from international sites, but I want to do the
1: fight in the UK. I want to do it outdoors in the UK, um, and hopefully we can get it done. Last one from me. Devin Haney, Regis Progre We were hearing talks of a December date. Mm-hmm. Have we got any other information on that? Because we see a lot of back and forth on Twitter between yeah. people, but we've never not seen anything come to I fruition. Hope that
2: fight is imminent, and I, I think it is. December looks like at the date, early December. Um, tremendous fight. Just securing the venue now. Regis has signed, and Devin. Yeah hasn't but not for any particular reason other than we were waiting on the site and the venue. Now we have it and we're ready to go and hopefully he signs this week. Las Vegas? No. An interesting one.
1: Middle East then? No.
2: In in America. In America.
1: Look it up. Well, you are gonna reveal that on no, it? No, definitely not. Till <laughs> till when we announce. Eddie thanks for talking to Boxing Social. Cheers. We'll catch up soon. Thank you. Sports Social
0: Podcast Network.